Welcome, everybody, to the 5280 Nuggets Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Burke, joined today by Ashar Ali. How are you doing, sir? Doing well, Jake. Good to be here. Good, good. And also got my other co-host here, Glenn Carlson. Nice to see you, Hey, what's up, Nuggets Nation? Nuggets Nation, yeah. And speaking of Nuggets Nation, Nuggets are currently have the best record in the NBA. So we're going to keep riding it and uh, seemingly under the radar as well, Uh, not getting a lot of airtime despite that start. But in today's show, I want to get into a preview of the next few games starting tomorrow with the Pelicans game, another in-season tournament game, as well as we got a back-to-back on Sunday, Monday with some East teams and to cap off with Rockets on Friday where we will play our final group play game for the in-season tournament. And then after that, we will sort of go into some matchups that we you know, want to talk about, whether we'd like to see them or we might be a little bit worried about matching up. Mine's going to be Minnesota. And just get into the overall vibe of the in-season tournament as it's kind of seemed to take the NBA by storm and been a lot of chatter about it. So I'm excited to kind of dedicate a large amount of this podcast to the in-season and that new development. Uh, but to get us started, we're going to take a look at New Orleans tomorrow. Uh, another road game. The final two play uh, in-season tournament games are on the road. Ashar, you mentioned last episode that what you're going to be looking for from the bench is how they play on the road. What do you think are some of the keys to the Nuggets getting this win tomorrow? Yeah, so a couple of things. Um, interestingly, I think the the last Pelicans game was the one where the bench really kind of stood out, right? I mean, I think Julian Strahler had his coming out party. He was critical in that game. But the whole bench, I think, actually played really well, right? I think um, the Nuggets are going to continue to have to play better. Um, the bench is going to have to continue to do what they've been doing in that game and carry that forward. Again, Strahler wasn't a – he didn't play against the Clippers, so I'm curious if Malone's going to put him back in against the Pelicans, knowing that he had some success versus them last time. Um, otherwise, it's that it was a tale of two halves in the Pelicans game, right? I mean, the Pelicans were up by as many as I think 16 or 17 in the first half. I actually went to that game, and I was like, that was the first game I took my kids to in a while. I was like, yeah, I don't know about this game right now. They're not playing too well. And in the second half, I mean, it was just polar opposite, right? I mean, we were up as many as almost 20 points. So it was like a 35 point swing between, uh, you know, the end of the second half going into the fourth. So you know, and again, that the starters are going to have to do what the starters have done all year, right? I mean, keep the Nuggets afloat, um, set the tone early. Jokic is going to do what he has to do. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what the rotations are going to be. Are we going to see more of a um, you know, pick it again, or is it you going to go back to telepathy? Are we going to see um, you know Strahler in this game? So uh, either way, I mean, I think it, the offense I'm not worried about. I think the uh, what worried last time was the Pelicans. I mean, they're in that second quarter. I mean, they were they were hot and they kept hitting three after three. So. It's not a team that you can take on like, um, you know, lightly. I think the star power between Zion Williamson and uh, others, and you can't, you, you know, Brandon Ingram's always, a, you know, a beast as well. So Nuggets are going to have to bring their A game. I mean, they, they have their own two in the road, and if they're going to have a chance to win, it's not just going to the starters. The bench is going to have to step up as well. And it's, I think it's going to be a close game, but it's going to come down to execution in the fourth quarter. And, you know, I think, I think it'll pull away. Are you scared of Brandon Ingram, Glenn? Because I honestly uh, could care less for Ingram. No, I think he's a 
I think he's a solid player. Um, he's been around yeah. the league for quite a while. You you kind of know what to expect with Ingram. Um, he's he's got a good a good pull up. Uh, you know, pull up 15, 17 footer, hits the occasional three, can get to the rack occasionally. I'm not overly concerned about him. To that effect, Zion also really only has one or two moves, so he's easily defensible, in my opinion. Um, but I think if I remember right from the last game, the kid that kind of blew our doors off for a little while was that 6'5 guard, uh, uh, Jordan Hawkins. Hawkins. Yep. Hawkins, yeah, yeah, he's the one that went off on us the last game, and the kid can shoot the lights out of the ball. There's no doubt about that. So we're going to have to guard him tight and make sure we uh, you know, button up the perimeter. Yeah, Hawkins really surprised me uh, last game, but, of course, that's what happens when you see a rookie for the first time and they have 30-something points. So a little bit of a hot take from you about Zion only having one or two moves. I mean, might be true, but, you know, when he has played, he's been pretty dominant, but – Last game, I really kind of seemed like he wasn't the same as years past. Is is that kind of what you saw too? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he's a big guy. I mean, he's a massive guy. Um, yeah. And to move that big of a frame around takes a lot of work. And he, he you know, 70 to 75% of the time, he's going to go to his left, get to the rim. And once he's within six, seven feet, it's over. There's really little you can do to def- uh to defend them, but if you do your work early and shove him away from that, away away from the lane, and help side comes over and defends as well, then you know you can kind of limit your damage. And Zion's one of those guys that he's going to get his right. He's a good basketball player, and so you really just try to minimize what you can do and, and live with it. And yeah, AG that- is a good it's just a good matchup for him, in my opinion. He does his work early, like he said. I mean, do you feel? I I thought that AG did a good job last time. What do you think, Ashar? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially in the first half. I mean, he kind of got some easy buckets, I want to say, in the fourth quarter. But for the most of the majority of the game, Aaron Gordon did great. I mean, again, I agree with Glenn. 98 of the time, he's going to try to go to his left. You take that away. It's not like he's got an outside shot, so you don't have to worry about him, you know, hitting outside jumpers. Take away his left, force him to go right. Either A, he's going to pass it up and then turn the ball over. So you say all that, but he's still averaging 20-plus points a game, right? So the guy yeah. knows how to play. So it's, you know, it's not as easy as it sounds, but, you know, I'll take my chances with AG against anyone. And Zion's no different. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think he's going to get his. Not he always does, but, again, limit his easy shots, force him to take some difficult shots, force him to take some difficult shots, right? Because that's not easy enough. Um, and, uh, you know, if you have to double-team, double-team him as well, but I worry about the rest of the shooting that the Pelicans have, to be honest, Jake. I mean, even Matt Ryan came off the bench last game, and he put up, like, what, 17, 18 points. He, yeah, he was hitting three after three as they get a four-point play as well. And he's a he's one of the little bit of a cocky players, right, where he, get, he gets a couple threes going, and now he just wants to just shoot, shoot, shoot. So might just have to be careful with him as well. So with him and Hawkins, I mean, they're the ones that really just shot the lights out in that second uh, quarter. So... They're going to have to be ready for that. And the Pelicans are going to, have to be wanting some revenge as well. And to be honest, I mean, they're going to have some momentum. They're going to say, hey, you know what? We were up 15, 16 points to this guy. So we know what we have to do to get to that dude last time. Let's continue to just shoot ball. And uh, I just have to be ready for that. Yeah, I hope to see Gilles, or not Gillespie, um, Pickett in this matchup. I think a little bit better for him than the, the Clippers were a little bit loaded with yeah. really just wings since since uh bones is out of the rotation over there so although i do really like dyson daniels to kind of expose myself a little bit on the pod here back when daniels got drafted which was 
not last year, but the year before, uh, that was right before we traded for KCP. And there was a lot of rumors going on about trading for KCP. And the Wizards had the, I believe, the 10th pick in the draft. And it was of my opinion to send Will Barton, Case, uh, Monte Morris, and some draft equity to get both KCP and the 10th pick and pick up Dyson Daniels. Um, because I think he's that kind of dude for them. He has a really good defensive guard. He has a really good feel for the game. He's, I believe, Australian. So he's he played on a pro level at an early age. And he, I mean, I saw it even just last game, game, him playing with IQ, but ironically, I got flamed on Facebook for that one. Um, <laughs> so I didn't really expect the Nuggets to send Morris as well in that trade. And I guess Ish was all right, but pass is the pass. But who are you picking for this for this game, Glenn? You got the Nuggets or the Pelicans? I like. I mean, I like our Nuggets, and obviously, I'm a little bit biased, but uh, I like sure. where we're at right now. I think uh, defensively, we'll probably have to tighten up a little bit and make sure that the you know Pelicans don't go out on a big run early like they did the last game, and then have to have us claw back. You know, I appreciated what we did in that game and, and came back with tenacity and turned it into a blowout, but I'd like to see us take care of it a little earlier than uh, than it was last time. Who you got, Ashar? Yeah, I agree. I think, um, I, I, you know, road games are always tough. doesn't matter who the opponent is. So I think a road win is a road win, right? So um, Nuggets have to be ready. I mean, I think, again, they're 0-2 they're on the road this season, so Malone's, I think, going to have to just be – Really careful on this one, right? It's, it's one of those trap games where, again, if you if you don't play the way the Nuggets are, you know, accustomed to playing, I can see this one slipping. But uh, I'm confident in the Nuggets. I think they're going to come out. They know what's at stake here. It's, uh, they want to be three and zero in the tournament, and um, I expect them to come out. But I expect it to be a close game, and it's probably going to come down in the last you know four or five minutes of the fourth quarter. Whoever's going to execute best. Yeah, and I think we have a good feeling who's going to execute best. So I definitely agree with you there. The Nuggets tend to just, those last five minutes, they turn into a machine. Yeah. Yep. Um, on both ends of the floor, really. And yeah, if if we win this game, we'll get it up to 3-0 and in the in-season tournament. If we lose, we'll go to 2-1, and and the, the Pelicans would also go to 2-1 and because they're yeah. currently 1-1. One one. So we definitely want to make sure to close – that game out well and not leave any room for debate on whether we're going to make that um, elimination round for the in-season tournament. Did want to touch on the two East teams. Uh, this is a five-game road trip, so we're going to be heading over to Cleveland on Sunday and also uh, Detroit the following day. A little bit of a tough back-to-back you know, Detroit's obviously not a great team, but Cleveland can be tough, especially because of their personnel. Uh, similarly built to like Minnesota, right, where they have a too big lineup and Mobley can either, I don't know if they would ever stick him on Jokic full time, but have Allen on him and Mobley be that roamer, kind of like what the Lakers did in the bubble. Cleveland's defense hasn't been the same this year, but... Do you feel like we can expose their defense, Glenn? Because, I mean, we're they just match up well with us, in my opinion. Um, I, yeah, I think I think they do, right? They've got a we've got some young talent on that team for sure. I don't think cohesively as a unit, they're just quite there just yet. And I, you know, I've kind of said this before, usually about individual players, but 
to me, like I feel like the Cavs would probably be half a step behind the Nuggets as far as uh, as far as team flow goes, and and you know really offensively and defensively. But I like some of their players. I'm I'm big on I'm a big Jared Allen fan. You know, Karis LeBert's proven he's been around, done things for a long time. Obviously, Donovan's good. So it'll be interesting to see what the battle down low look like. Their two bigs can really slow down Jokic, but I don't know if anybody can at this point. Yeah, I mean, Minnesota has really shown to be the best at that so far, obviously, since we've lost a game to them this year. And it's kind of weird to me that Cleveland had the number one defense last year with that small of guards starting with Garland and, and Mitchell. But it's a little bit different because we don't have Jamal Murray to expose those two on defense. So do you see a big game from Reggie, Mashar? Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's he's got momentum going. I, I think it's going to carry over from that Clippers game. So, yeah, I, I can see Reggie having another impactful game. I think what's going to be interesting, though, Jake, is I think both Mitchell and Darius Garland are both game time decisions. So it'll be interesting to see if they actually end up playing or not. Obviously, if they play, it changes everything. But the one thing that worries me about the Cavaliers is they do have size between Mobley and um, Jared Allen. So while no one's going to stop Jokic, you know, Allen's length, he's a shot blocker as well. It's it's something to pay attention to, right? And I, I, I'm hoping to see, in addition to Reggie continuing what he's done, hopefully a, a bounce back offensive game for Michael Porter, right? I mean, he obviously yeah. didn't play well against you know, the Clippers, but um, usually I've noticed with Michael Porter Jr. If he doesn't have, if he has a bad game one day, he likes to come out aggressive and have a much better game the next. So I, I fully expect him to have a better game this time as well. Um, but yeah, well, I mean. Between Garland and Mitchell, that's good. If they're both out, that changes the whole dynamics, right? And that should be a a definite victory. Obviously, if uh, if they both play, then um, it's going to be another tough game. That would also be my main focus: is MPJ having to bounce back? Yep. They're they're not great. I mean, Okoro is a good defender, but they're not great at the wing position. Uh, they got Struce, uh, they got Levert, but neither of those guys are really great defenders by any means so yeah I, I really do hope to see Porter bounce back he was on a tear for a few games there until this last one so I do expect him to bounce back it'll be interesting to see how much he impacts the boards with them having those two bigs but he has an opportunity with both Jokic and Gordon having to kind of wrestle those guys to just be the cleanup guys yeah in that spot so to me this game is a coin flip being on the road and against this type of team and also it being the first night of a back-to-back. Uh, who, who do you guys got in this one? So I got I got the Nuggets again in this one just because I think as far as the team matchup goes, I still think we're naturally superior to, to the Cavs. I don't think it's going to be a blowout whatsoever. Cavs got a lot of a lot of guys that, uh, that play good, solid basketball, and they're a smart team, I'd say, as well. And so I think we'll kind of eke this one out. Yeah, and I, I think Nuggets will pull away as well. I think it's going to be a very similar game to the Pelicans where it's going to be close again. It'll come down in the fourth quarter, and Nuggets execute in the fourth quarter better than any team. They're, they're one of the best defensive-rated teams in the league in the fourth. They know how to clamp down and fully expect them to do the same. So, again, if I could see it five, six points is probably what it's going to be, maybe less, maybe two or three points like the Clippers game was. But, yeah, I expect them to equal out as well and go to a Yeah, back-to-back going into Detroit. Detroit's an interesting one because I think they're better than their record suggests. 
but they've also played with bad process. So it's mostly the talent is kind of behind their process right now, uh, or the process is behind their talent right now is what I mean. I really like Cade Cunningham. He's was one of my favorite players to watch before he got injured last year. Jaden Ivey is also a blur, so that's always interesting. And they're, uh, they're big men. Like they, half their roster is big men, it seems like. Um, so that that's always interesting to see. I, I think Duran's starting for them now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Jalen Duran, he is a starter. Yeah, yeah I like Duran coming out of the draft. He's, I mean, he's young, but he seems like he's going to be a solid big in the NBA and probably a good role man to pair with Cade. To me, the, the real key to this game being on a back-to-back is where our defense intensity is going to be because there are two guards with Cade and Ivy. We got to have really good point of attack defense and containment because we don't want Jokic backpedaling on Ivy and we don't want Cade pulling up for mid-rangers. So what are, what are some of your keys, Glenn, that you're looking for for us to get this one on back-to-back? These, these are the games in years past, you know, Nuggets three, four years ago, that would they worried me to death. <laughs> you know, these are the these are the kind of trap games where the Nuggets would just drop a stupid one and you would just go, oh man, what in the world, you know? And so I, I always get worried about these, but I, I don't think we are that team in years past. I do think we have the ability to bring it and the different players that that coach has the potential to use, you know, to turn that button on and off. And um to Ashar's point earlier, a, a couple of these games are going to be very dependent on how MPJ plays, especially with some of these bigger lineups. If they're going to really trap Jokic down low and cut him off at the free throw line, then we're going to need to drive and kick, and it's going to need to you know, be kicked out to KCP or MPJ. And so we really need to pay attention to that. And just you know, as far as the Pistons go, just get out early and just, for lack of a better term, just destroy them early on and don't look back. Yeah. I mean, they – Nuggets just have to take care of business, right? I mean, last year, one of the biggest disappointments was they played down to the competition too many times than I would have wanted, right? And this is, again, one of those teams where, I think Jake, you said, they, they're better than their record shows. Um, you know, they're, they're a much improved team, especially on the defensive end. Um, I think the rookie of Sir Thompson, he's done great. He's, you know, he's he's played well on defensive end as well. But at the end of the day, it comes down to talent, and Pistons don't have the talent to match the Nuggets. And if the Nuggets play the way the Nuggets should play, they absolutely should crush this team. This should not be a close game, right? I mean, um, yes, Kate's going to probably get his, but beyond that, I mean, you look at their bigs, Isaiah Stewart, um, he's undersized. I don't see him doing anything, even the rookie Durant. I mean, he, he, rookies and Jokic's don't go well together, right? He knows how to take advantage of that matchup. And What's disappointing if you're a Pistons fan is, I mean, they traded for James Wiseman. He's a seven-foot, you know, number four, number two pick center. And he barely plays, right? So that, that's not a matchup that you have to worry about to the Nuggets either. So, I, you know, I, again, I expect the Nuggets to come out, um, just take care of business early. Don't let the you know, Pistons just stay in the game and just, you know, keep the pedal in the middle and just keep going and make it, uh, hopefully get the Jokic some rest on that road trip and the starters as well, where maybe, you know, they don't have to play. 25, 30 minutes that game, and it's over. That's that's what I'd like to see. It's not just a win, but let's get some uh, bench players some more minutes because hopefully there'll be some garbage time where we don't have to rely on the starters playing 35-plus minutes in that game. Yeah, and just facing a weaker bench than a typical NBA team. 
this is these are the spots where I look for the bench to really figure themselves out more than they can afford to when it comes to playing someone like the Clippers um, or even the Rockets for that matter. But I think the Nuggets are probably going to lose one of the next four games up until the the Rockets on the 24th. And I think this would be my pick for them to drop because kind of like what you said, Glenn, they've they've had this habit for at least since 2018 where some nights they just – played down to their competition. I see this possibly being one, so I'm probably going to pick them to probably drop this one, but hopefully they make me look stupid and we are on track for an 80 and two season. So, you know, <laughs> losses yeah. are going to have to come somewhere, but yeah. They do. They do. And some, you know, any team can really beat any team on any given night. And so, um, you know, I think, I think the magic game for me, just going off, you know, watching a lot of nuggets over the years, could be one of those games where they'll start out smashing them, probably be up 13, 14 at halftime, and then just go to sleep the second half. Yep. Um, and then maybe let it slip away. I hope not, but, you know, it happens. Especially yep. kind of wrapping up towards the end of a long road trip. Yep. And uh, so the next game that we wanted to get into would be the final group play game with the Rockets on the 24th, another road game. Some interesting comments from Michael Malone yesterday about how Murray's not necessarily ruled out. He's traveling with the team. Chanchar is also traveling with the team, so that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to play by any means. Um, but could be a potential return game. But it's also important because if we beat the Pelicans tomorrow, that gives us the chance to sweep the group play. So honestly, it's kind of an important game, whether it's important to them. I don't know. MPJ did say at practice that to the media that um, – they wanted to win the the in-season tournament. That that was a goal of theirs. Yeah. Uh, he said it's not just about the money, but it'd be nice for these guys to get paid that $500,000 prize. And I know some people online are saying, oh, it's $500,000, whatever. These guys make $40 million a year. Like, mm, 500 grand is 500 grand, no matter how mm-hmm. rich you are, right? So exactly. the Rockets are tough because we obviously just played them. They are also undefeated in group play. And they're just a, kind of an odd matchup. What are, I mean, I love uh, Singoon, but what are some of the, who are you looking at in that matchup, Ashar? And do you think it matters as much to them as they are saying? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I think the Nuggets want to win every game, and the tournament is just another, you know, goal that they have. And if they can come out and win that in season tournament, that's going to do a lot for their conference as well. So, um, yeah, I think they're motivated. They do absolutely want to win. But I think more importantly, I mean, it's a coincidence that it's an in-season tournament game. I I think they want it the, uh, they're going to go back and they're going to want to get some revenge on Houston. The Houston and its entire starting five, they're all averaging, you know, double figures, which is, I think it's starting five, right? I mean, led by Singoon. Singoon's going to probably be a candidate for most recruit player. He's had a great year and we know he likes going against Jokic. It's been one of his favorite players growing up. So, you know, that's always going to be a tough matchup. And the Nuggets, they have to be careful because even the bench, right? I mean, Jeff Green played well last game as well um, for the Rockets. Uh, so it's not just starters. They have some talent across the board on that team. Aaron Holiday, I think, came in and had some big minutes as well. But it's another game the Nuggets should ultimately win. What's going to be interesting, though, is if they do end up dropping maybe one or two games on that road trip, 
what is their mentality and what's their you know going to be like in that final road game against the Rockets, right? Are they going to be on a four-game winning streak on the road where now they want to go back and finish strong, or are they going to lose a couple and they're going to say, look, whatever, we just want to get home and we'll be we'll, we'll settle with a two-and-one in-season tournament record. I hope Malone has them more ready than that, but you know, to win on the road, especially a long road trip the way the Nuggets are going to have, it cannot fall to the starters. They're going to need the bench to step up, and if if the bench doesn't play the way the bench needs to play, this is going to be a tough game down the road trip for sure. Yeah, and the Rockets have you know the Rockets have only played one in-season game uh, tournament game so far, and yeah. so they they they've got three games coming up. They've got the Clippers tomorrow night, who, much to my dismay, are probably due for a win. And so I think if the Clippers are able to upset the Rockets tomorrow, that'll pr- pretty much cement us for winning our group uh, our group bracket. And then obviously the question is, do the Nuggets just take their foot off the gas because they've wrapped up their group play their uh, the group bracket um, and not play the Rockets as tough in that game? Um, I don't think so. I don't think Coach will allow that mentality. I mean, I think the Nuggets are are a bring it every night type team right now. That doesn't mean you're gonna bring it every night, but at least you're gonna have the mentality to bring it every yeah. night. So Rockets are a tough matchup though. Either way, you know we've talked about Singuns before. He's an absolute stud. He's a budding star. Jokic has talked about building the entire team around that guy, and I gotta, I gotta agree. And they've got some sharpshooters, and and so I think it's gonna be a fun game. Yeah, and get get burned by Uncle Jeff again. Yeah, uh, that last game when he was at that free throw line at the end, I was, you know, me and my wife were watching, and we're like, "Come on, come on, Uncle Jeff, just do us this one solid, man!" Like, <laughs> you're on the Rockets, bro. Just a miss a free throw. But he he played well. He hit one of those those post turnarounds that everyone last year was like, "Oh no, no, yeah," with when he would do that with our bench. Yeah, the Rockets are just a really interesting matchup where it seems like we should probably overpower them, but they just kind of play up to us. And to your point about the Clippers, it'll be interesting to see if Harden also kind of takes his intensity up a notch playing Houston again, Uh, especially after Houston basically being like, yeah, we're not interested in any trade (laughs) for you. So. Yeah, and and the whole I believe he was considering signing with them as a free agent too. So they obviously were like, "No, we're good. We're gonna build around what we got." And so, uh, if if anyone's petty, it's it's James Harden. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, hopefully hopefully that pettiness plays into our hand in winning our group play. I did want to just get into the logistics of the whole in season tournament here. I did realize, and Glenn, I totally missed your segue about the magic <laughs> so not to disrespect any magic fans not very interested in them but i do like the wendell carter uh matchup on Jokic. i think he plays Jokic as good as any center in the league as far as defense i'm just not sure about the rest of their team to be honest they kind of just got a slew of guards don't really know what to do with them and i i like i really like palo bancaro but the uh, Magics are one of the worst clutch teams in the league this year so far. They've been completely melting down in the f- uh, fourth quarter. So to pair that with the exact opposite, the Nuggets being one of the best clutch defense or clutch performers, uh, I just kind of see that as a, as a win on the schedule. Do you guys have any thoughts or we can also move on as well? 
I think I'm, I think Glenn said it earlier, but I, I don't know, um, Jake. That to me looks like a game that has a potential for a loss, right? If I, I don't expect them to go undefeated on the road trip, and if they're going to lose one, I think that Magic game is probably the one that they will okay. likely lose, right? I mean, cross country all the way in Orlando. And Orlando's not a. I mean, they're they're no pushover. I mean, they're six and five right now, and they they got a good team yeah. for sure. The Wagner brother, uh, you know, Towers, and they're good fans. Wagner has been playing well. Decent bench as well. We're going to get to see our old friend Gary Harris again as well. But I don't know. That that game is going to be tough. And um, if they were going to lose one, I could see them losing against the Magic. <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot to mention Franz, man. I love Franz. Yeah. yeah I think I think he might be the best player on that team, which is a little bit of a, a hot take, I guess, if you uh, really like Bancaro. But I like them both. I just think Franz is kind of that guy. A little bit sad to see Gary Harris not get a ring. but. Uh, yeah. Do you have anything you want to add to that, Glenn? No, I think I I mentioned uh, mentioned a little bit of earlier. That's that's the one on the road trip that I think yeah. again has the most potential for for us to drop. That was the one that I was kind of you know I could see us ahead thirteen or fourteen in the first half and then just go to sleep in the second half. Yeah. You know, just wrapping up the road trip, facing Houston next. Just you know, I could really yeah. see us just uh, you know letting that one slip away and then losing by six or seven at the end. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess I'm just flipped from you guys. I think Cleveland or the Pistons are the letdown and the Warriors or the Warriors, the Magic are the bounce back. But I guess we'll see. And uh, if they drop a game or even two in this road trip, I'm not going to sweat it. We'll still have a great record. So uh, the road has its own problems. And I think we'll we'll probably be over 500 on the road this year, maybe only by a game or two. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we're going to have an atrocious road record by any means, but depends how the bench plays probably well i mean you know what they say jake i mean if you take care of business at home nuggets aren't going to lose more than maybe what three four games at home the way they should and if you can go even go 500 on the road you're going to be you're going to be top three in the west for sure right so i agree with you i don't think i expect them to be probably higher than 500 on the road and if you can do that and take care of business at home they have a great shot i'm shot at being the number one seed i I think the nuggets take pride in not having that championship letdown where I think they are, they want to be considered the top team in the NBA, not just the West, right? And um, the, the, the last year's playoffs proved how important it was having home court advantage in all three rounds. And I think Mike Malone's going to continue to preach that, that look, our best chance at repeating is making sure everybody goes through Denver. And if you have home court advantage throughout, you know, the, the, these are the road trips that are going to be in, essential to securing that number one seed. So, and the number one seed overall, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it'll be interesting because if we go in and win this in tournament and then win another championship, do we consider that as part of the dynasty, the in-season championship? Does that like start when you start to stack those, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, I think it's a, I'm, I'm really, I really like the way that this in-season yeah. tournament is played out. Uh, the courts are fun. You could tell that the the players have amped it up a little bit. So yeah, I think it's something to hang your hat on, and it spices up things mid season. And uh, you know, the trophy is really cool. It's uh, it's uh, what well, it's in the middle of everybody's court during the tournament, right? Yeah. As part of the logo, and so yeah, there's there's something to play for there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, do they have a, do they have an in season tournament MVP? I don't know. It's a great question. I don't think I don't think Jokic wants more hardware. I think he. <laughs> I think he'd rather have banner, banners than trophies. Yeah. <laughs> so Great. That's, that'd just be funny for him to get another one and, and just be like, oh, I lost it, you know? So It's in a box um, somewhere. 
<laughs> yeah. He's like, who has it? Oh. So wait. So Jake, I was actually just looking this up right before we started talking about it, and I, I found it. Uh, so the in-season tournament will have an MVP and an all-tournament team. Interesting. All, all like a five, like a, a group yep. of five players, kind of like all yep. NBA. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this huh. the selections will be based on players' performance in both group play and the knockout rounds. So oh, I mean both. So Jokic will get an all team. <laughs> is what you're telling me. Yes. Yeah, I would say I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. regardless of whether you even make the tournament. No. It, sure. At this point, I mean, well, he's probably averaging in the two group. Let's see. The other one was. What was the first group play? Dallas and yeah. then the Clippers so far. Oh yeah, he's going to be averaging. Jokic's going to come out. Have a triple double. Yeah, thirty point <laughs> triple 30, 30, 13, and ten kind of stats. So yeah, that that's interesting to see. But that also opens up opportunities for like non stars to get some selections there too because of the smaller sample size, right? So yeah. Porter has played well for other than the Clippers game. So interesting. But yeah, just kind of get into the landscape of it here uh, for anybody that doesn't know, because I think the NBA has been doing a good job educating everybody. It seems like this first year, obviously it's very new and they've been a lot of commercials that are kind of explaining it are being pushed right now. Announcers seem to have it on their agenda to really explain it and I mean it makes sense for the a first year kind of thing so at the end of the day it's still a little bit confusing uh just because it's new and there's a lot of teams involved all teams involved but uh, we got three groups in the west west group a b and c and we are part of the b group right now uh leading the a group is the la lakers who also have the biggest point differential will help determine tiebreakers and wild cards. Um, and then you have us or the Nuggets leading Group B as well as Minnesota leading Group C at 2-0 as well. To me, I don't want to play Minnesota in the single elimination. That's a definitely a potential upset kind of game. The Lakers don't really scare me too much. But who, uh, who are you looking at, Ashar, as a really tough matchup for us in a, in a single elimination type of tournament. I, I think I agree that it's got to be Minnesota, right? I mean, when they're healthy with their length, uh, Daniels, his D, Nas read off the bench, it's, it's a tough matchup. And I'll tell you what, I mean, if that Minnesota team was healthy um, last year, might have gone seven games as well, right? So you can't take them lightly. I think uh, Minnesota's probably the one team that I'm, Worried about. I still think that once Phoenix gets healthy, I know they're 0 1 on the thing right now, but once they get healthy, they still haven't had their big three play a single game together, right? Uh, and Beal is still out last time as well. But if they get healthy and they can get some cohesiveness, that's another team that I worry about just a little bit. But outside of that, um, I don't think there's anyone really that really scares me in the tournament. Yeah, and I think that I definitely agree about Minnesota. That's that's uh, hmm. my number one pick as well. Is, is probably our toughest matchup but the wild card if i understand this correctly goes to the the top conference team in each of the the west and then the east brackets and so that i mean is that very well gonna end up being houston again and i don't know the answer to that obviously nobody does at this point but 
Well, because a lot of teams are going to have similar records, right? Like the lot, yeah. there's going to be a few that are, are that are three and one, and I believe the point differential is what edges those over each other. Correct. Right, and so yeah, I mean, there's going to be a, it's you know, it's going to be interesting who who could potentially slip into that wild card spot and and make it into those uh, into the quarterfinal brackets. Um, I don't want to face Houston again, <laughs> but it could be them. Sure, yeah. but uh, you know Minnesota for sure, hands down. I think is who, who I'd worry about the most. Yeah, another interesting matchup would be the Jazz. To me, at least, um, I don't know if they pose a threat, but it'd be kind of an interesting game with their current roster. The Lakers are kind of are what they are, but the Jazz are also two and zero. But it's the Lakers' point differential. I think they had like plus thirty one through the two games. That's putting them over the top right now. So could see the Jazz getting that wild card spot as well. Really, the only teams that are kind of completely out of it right now are Memphis at 0 and 3. What an atrocious start for Memphis this season, by the way. And the Clippers at 0 and 2 and Spurs at 0 and 2. So still a lot of teams kind of in the mix. And it's interesting because of how they structured the group play with there being the past year's record and how each year you're going to see teams that are on the rise be in more loaded groups because you had good teams from last year and then a team on the rise that aren't as bad. Like, for instance, the Rockets in our group are right now in second, but last year they are one of the worst teams in the league, and that's why they're in our group. Right. So... Yeah, I find that pretty interesting. I did want to just touch base real quick on the East and who we might potentially see in the final round if we get there, but were there any other West teams you're kind of keeping an eye on? Um, no, not really for me. I mean, again, my, my main ones between Minnesota, Phoenix, and probably Houston, those are my three. I'm not worried about the Lakers, um, and no one else in the West really scares me. Yeah, same here. I, I, uh, I can't I can't think of anybody um... – Sacramento, for whatever reason, always plays the Nuggets tough, and so Aaron they, could, you know, they could be a team that could uh, that could slide in there. And they're a team that's also only only played one in season tournament game, and so there's definitely some TBD there as far as that goes. But uh, other than that, now I think uh, just the folks that we've mentioned plus the Kings could be the could be the teams I worry about. Yeah, if yeah the ever, Kings. Well, sorry, I was gonna say I forgot about the Kings direct line. I mean. Um, I don't know why I overlooked them as well, but yeah, I guess you can add them to the list. And one other one I forgot about was if they get healthy, is the Warriors still right? The Warriors are still the Warriors, and if they're healthy, and they they play well. I mean, they have, I mean, they could be anyone, right? I mean, they still have Steph Curry, who I still think is a top five player, and that and they have a lot of talent as well. So I want to add Golden State in the mix if they're healthy and Draymond avoids suspensions, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> that, that might knock them out just Draymond being suspended for the five games. So right. Golden State, Sacramento, and Minnesota are all in the same group. So hopefully they just bludgeon each other in that group. And then Oklahoma City is the fourth team, and then San Antonio kind of out of it. But yeah. a little bit of a loaded group over there because I think the Thunder are actually a pretty decent team. They're not in the top tier of teams, I don't think. But, I mean, it's still early in the season for them. And – Phoenix is in the same group as the Lakers right now. They it's going to be kind of tough for them to get in unless it's a wild card just because even if the Lakers drop one 
and Phoenix catches up to them, that point differential is really going to be what might edge the Lakers over the uh, Suns. So uh, on the other side, it's looking like the best team in the East uh, right now. As far as offense goes, Indiana is leading Group A at 2-0 as well. That's the one I kind of look at and and say, oh, I'd love to play Indiana in the championship round of the uh, in, in-season tournament. Just see uh, Brucey e. B back in Denver. Or actually, that would be in Las Vegas, pardon me. Um, yeah. And then Halliburton, who I think is making a case to challenge Jokic as the best playmaker in the NBA this season. He had uh, – back-to-back double-digit assist games. I think he had 17 assists and like 14 assists in back-to-back games with zero turnovers in either of them. So he had something like 32 assists through two games with zero turnovers, which is absolutely insane. That's insane. That, it's absolutely insane. Yeah. Are you are you as big of a Halliburton fan as I am, Glenn? Yeah, I love watching that kid. Um, every time we play them, I'm excited to watch him, and, and I think he's – shown more initiative than he ever and than he has in previous years. And so I, I think I still think that kid's got a lot of ceiling left and these matches up tough against anybody at this point. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out whether the Sabonis trade was who that was better for. But this year this year might prove to be Indiana. But it would have been tough to figure out those two guards together in, in Sacramento still. But you got Miami and Milwaukee in the same group which I find to be hilarious. Yeah, Miami's a weird one because they kind of are lackadaisical in the regular season. But uh, any teams you're looking at in the East, Ashard? Um, well, I mean, I would love to see a Nuggets-Boston matchup, right? I mean, that could be an NBA Finals preview. I think outside of Nuggets, Boston is the most talented team in the league. That starting lineup is it's a, it's a handful, right? So, I mean, wouldn't it be cool to see Boston in in the championship with the Nuggets and in the in-season tournament as well. So that might be a finals preview. And, you know, I'm still, it'd be fun to see uh, a Jokic and Bede matchup as well, if Embiid decides to play, right? He seems to run from Jokic at times, but uh, I think it still would be fun to see a Sixers-Nuggets matchup. And I mean, Milwaukee's Milwaukee, right? I still think they're still trying to figure things out. And anytime you have two playmakers like Giannis and Damian Lillard, you can't count them out no matter how bad their D is. So, you know, East has got some interesting um, teams for sure, but outside those three, yeah, there's some intrigue there with uh, uh, with the Pacers, but um, there's no one really that excites me in the East beyond those three. Yeah, the uh, it'd be interesting to see as years go on, because you know we're in the first year, that whether the end season kind of shows us who might make the finals <clears throat> and be a preview for that. If guys are taking it as seriously as they say they are. Do you kind of buy into that, Glenn, that teams are getting up for this and that it matters to them? And they're, they might not be playing at playoff intensity, but do you think they're playing harder than a typical Tuesday night in November? Yeah, I do. And, and just, just from watching the level of basketball play so far and some of these in-season tournament games, um, I do think guys are getting up for it. You know, there's the hype around it. The fans are into it. You got the merch, the commercials, the courts, the – the trophy, the MVP, NC, or you know, in-season honors, like we just spoke about, and I mean, like I said, I think there's there's some, certainly something to play for. Is it going to be, you know, playoffs or certainly finals type intensity? No, probably not. And and especially being blended into regular season games already. I mean, you know, I think the cream, 
the cream kind of rises to the top naturally anyways. But with the in-season format, there's potential for a wild card and somebody to jump in there and upset everybody and go on a, a nice little run and come out as champion that you would never imagine. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, you could see a non-playoff team win it. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, it's definitely possible. Are, do you think the in-season concept has been a success, Ashar, with how they've formatted it and really rolled it out in what I feel like is smooth fashion? Yeah, I don't know. I think the jury's still out being so new, right? Um, it's I like what the NBA is trying to do to change things up, but um, I, you know, if you the knockout round, I think is going to be you're going to see a lot more competition and stuff, and it'd be it is going to be kind of to see what teams end up making it and um yeah if there's a team that probably would have made the playoffs otherwise it somehow happens to make it far in the in-season tournament that'd be cool to watch but i mean i give kudos to adam silver for at least trying something different right you know who knows i mean is it going to stay for the next 5 10 15 years or is this one of those you know they experiment with it for a couple of years and then stop what the thought was and they get rid of it i think it's still kind of early to say but um, it's, it's something different, and at the end of the day, it's they'll be in Vegas, which players like playing in Vegas, so that'll be uh, fun as well. But yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm one of the ones I, that I, I don't mind it. I actually like it because, like I said, I don't mind trying something new and at least uh, changing things up. So jury's still out, but yeah, I think it's got potential to stay, and uh, it, it makes it fun for sure. Yeah, and they do it in the European leagues too, right? So it's yeah. it's not like a new concept. It's new to Americans it's not necessarily new to pro sports as sure. basketball goes. So yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see and also to see how the neutral court in Vegas takes effect. And then also the potential of a expansion team there in the future. And if it stays there. So yeah, it'll be all fun. I think overall to me, it's really improved some of the quality of, of games in November. November is my birth month. And so I've always enjoyed basketball especially around my birthday that's uh, that's when i tend to go to the most games like i was at the one where uh Jokic laid out morris um oh, nice. that was on that was on my birthday last or was that two years ago now so november's always been fun for me but i understand for a lot of nba fans and casual fans that that might be more of a drag for the season they might not really be as interested in tuning in as they are in march and april leading up to the playoffs when you start to see the seating take effect so overall i think they've done well and i'm super excited to see how it turns out in this first year yeah any final thoughts on the plan before we plan see look at me go again and <laughs> season tournament before we yeah. wrap this up yeah and I, I i doubt you know the nba is going to release any metrics on viewership or anything like that for quite a while they're going to let it play out before they do that but i'll definitely be curious to know you know did those four well not four, but it ended up being five, six, potentially seven games. Did those seven games, was there increased viewership? You know, was there uh, increased merchandise sales for like in-season tournament uh, merchandise and things like that? So, yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. But I, I like it so far. It's fun. Yeah, same same for me. I mean, I don't think the NBA is going to release any metrics, but it it is going to be interesting to see what metrics they are measuring to deem it, whether or not they, you know, what are they going to consider a success for this tournament, right? Is it just viewership? Is it how seriously the teams are taking it, right? Um, I don't expect teams to start playing the starters 40 plus minutes every game and, you know, going with a seven, eight man rotation and jeopardize the you know, agenda of the season and maintaining the playoffs. But I do expect it to be competitive and I think going you know, once you get to the knockout round, 
when the chips are a little bit more at stake, and you're going to see it be, it's going to be fun. And like I said, it's it's different, and I like something different. So looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, that does it for this episode of 5280 Nuggets Fast Break, presented by the Rocky Mountain Sports Network. Uh, we will be back most likely during the weekends, probably recap some of that Pelicans game. And uh, depending on when we record, we might also be after the Cleveland game. So uh, very excited for Pelicans, pretty indifferent about Cleveland. But as always, it's been really fun to talk with you gentlemen about Nuggets basketball and uh, look forward to the next episode. Likewise. Thanks, everybody. Go Nuggets. Go Nuggets.